from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louis Butko. Against the defending champs, the two-time defending champs, it was close to a must-win. And the Tiger Cats are going to win. Another knee taken by Dane Evans. That's it. The game is over. The Tiger Cats win 48 to 31 in their most impressive victory of the season when they needed it most. You know, just credit the players. It's about execution always. I've said that from the beginning, and that's not um, to say that a lot doesn't ride on the coaches, but, you know, I thought the coaches did an outstanding job in preparation, and uh, the players did a great job of executing. That is the head coach and president of football ops, Orlando Steiner. Before that, R.J. Broadhead has heard right here on the Ticats Audio Network as the Ticats big winners over the two-time defending Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers to get back in the win column. Uh, that makes for a very happy Monday indeed. Uh, thanks for checking us out on the Ticats Audio Network. Yes, the show is Ticats today. I am Louis B. And again, appreciate you tuning in wherever you're listening on the Ticats Audio Network. And it's been raining on and off all day, but at certain points I've seen the sun and uh, that just makes uh, your Monday that much better, especially after a Ticats win, especially as convincing as the Ticats won on Saturday. But that was just one win. Ticats are still sitting outside of the playoffs looking up. They have a huge game against the Montreal Alouettes this week and a short turnaround uh, going into Montreal on Friday night. So yeah, big win. Great performance from Dane Evans. Great performance from the offense and the defense. But that was just one win. And, I, and I'm excited, and it's, it's, you should be, if, if that's the team that's going to show up the rest of the season. And hopefully it is. So, yeah, let's, let's enjoy it. But also, I know that this team, um, they're off today, by the way, broadcasting from the uh, Louis B. Studios here. as uh, They're off. But this team is going to say the same thing tomorrow when we get to talk to them. It's that last week was last week. They're already focused on Montreal. There's not going to be a lot of backslapping over that performance because that's already happened and they have turned their attention. There is a new test, as Coach would say, on Friday. But uh, doesn't mean we can't enjoy it today. Uh, we're going to hear from Coach O, a little bit more from him. We'll hear from Dane Evans. We'll hear from Tim White. Big two-touchdown game from him. Uh, and uh, what a huge performance from Dane Evans. Great to see uh, such a bounce-back performance. Five touchdowns, a new career high, uh, and he just looked like he was having fun out there. And uh, and when you're winning, winning is fun, winning is hard, but uh, you get to reap the rewards. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Dane, who was named our uh, top performer, uh, will probably get a call from the CFL letting him know that he's probably the top performer of the week. I, I, I don't have any insights. I, I know it's voted on by some TSN panel, so... If Tim White and Dane Evans aren't two of the three, and heck, throw in Malik Carney as well, Ticats should probably sweep. They probably won't, uh, but I probably sound like a homer too. Uh, also coming up, we'll hear from Tim White, we'll hear from Dane, we'll hear from Orlando, uh, but as well, we'll have a little roundtable discussion uh, with the two men who called the game, RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker, right here on the Ticats audio Network. All right, let's hear a little bit more from Coach O. And as always, full scrubs available at Ticats.ca, but here's what he offered up after the game. Well, you work too hard, and winning isn't easy, period. And 
I know that you lose sight of that, um, you know, when you when you put together a string of wins, but it just doesn't happen easy. And so I always want everybody in the organization to enjoy it uh, for a 24-hour period because it's hard, and you can't just keep plowing with your head down. You need to enjoy it, and I, I want everybody to be happy with the performance and the win, but there's a difference between being happy and satisfied. So we have a short turnaround. I made mention to that. Uh, we got to take care of our bodies. We'll have our hands full next week, but to just move past that and not recognize what we've done here, I think uh, is a little bit of a disservice to everybody. That is the head coach and president of football operations of the Ticats, Orlando Steinauer. And uh, you can catch his full post-game comments available at Ticats.ca. You can also hear from this next man, that is Dane Evans, who had a career day 327 yards, five touchdown passes, 78% completion rating, and, uh, oh, yeah, no interceptions, no turnovers, and uh, a great performance from Dane. Here's what he had to say about turning the page and uh, already turning the attention to Montreal. Uh, we just got to stay locked in. Um, we definitely can't start thinking how great we are, all this, that, the other, because Montreal will come out and punch us right in the face if we do that. Um, but the great thing is I don't think anybody in this locker room is going to do that. Um, I think we're just going to, just like Hamilton always does, just get right back to work and um, just be us again. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm really proud of the guys, offense, defense, special teams. Um, but I, this was not our Super Bowl or Grey Cup, right? Like, we're in the playoff race now. And, like, we fully expected to win this. We knew everybody would be surprised except ourselves. Um, and, and we're ready to go and get Montreal next week. It's going to be a fun game. That is Dane Evans as he spoke after the game. And uh, one more piece of post-game sound. Tim White had a uh, pretty big game. Two touchdown passes, uh, leading the team now with seven on the season. And uh, here's what he had to say about the team's big win. Just an overall team effort by us. Uh, Everybody contributed. And uh, I think Tommy, he called a phenomenal game. You know, uh, Dane, he obviously showed up to play. And when he does that, our team is better. So uh, it was fun out there. You know, I think everybody showed up, and I think it obviously shows. So uh, we just got to continue that moving forward. Going into Montreal, I mean, how big a win is this going into a game that's for second place next week? This is major. I mean, I think anybody looking in can see the the uh, seriousness of this game. You know, and us getting a victory is obviously a, a big thing. We don't want to sit here and, and – we want to celebrate it, but we want to look forward. You know, we have six days before our next game, so we're just going to move forward and keep going. That is Tim White as he spoke after the win. And as always, full post-game availabilities available at Ticats.ca. All right, for more on Saturday's big win, very pleased now to be joined by the two men who had one of the best seats in the house, RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker of the Ticats Audio Network. And, uh, RJ, I'll start with you. You've called a, a lot of games for this uh, team over the last two years. I have to think this one ranks pretty high uh, in the the fun category. Yeah, absolutely. Probably playoffs were pretty fun last year too, but as far as this season's gone, it's probably the Tiger Cats team that most of us expected to see at the start of the year. They finally really put things together. <laughs> I don't know about you, Luke, but I was exhausted after the game. There was a lot of emotion put into that call. I had a great oh, yeah. sleep after. <laughs> well, almost 50 points of touchdowns for you to, uh, you know, <laughs> your, your, your classic touchdown tiger cat. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> a, a fun game to call, a fun game to watch. And uh, an offensive explosion from Dane Evans, a career high game for him, five touchdown passes. 
but the play that really stood out to me was that one in the fourth quarter, Luke. Ticats only up 10, and he scrambles to find nine yards. And you could see the emotion. This was a big game for Dane Evans. That was a big play for him. Yeah, and you know to throw five touchdowns, and then to, then at the end of the game, like you said, that was a huge moment, and to make it happen on his feet, uh, actually after having thrown four touchdowns, I guess his fifth was just about to come, and yeah, that was just a really really uh, awesome performance from him, and just uh, you know at a time where you know people, a lot of folks had counted him out and and had said that this isn't his year or his injuries were too bad, he's turning the ball over too much, and. Five five TDs and zero interceptions. Just unbelievable performance. I just want to jump in there on that, Louis, because it's a great point you bring up. And I actually made a note of it because Montreal was down. Da- uh, sorry, um, Winnipeg was down by twenty four points, and then they had crept to within ten points. And I think most fans, and maybe even the players and coaches, felt that momentum shifting again. And Dane made that run, was not going to dive. We know his injury history, but the game was more important at that point. He kept that drive going, and it culminated in a David Ungerer touchdown. So points that the Tiger Cats really needed to stop the Winnipeg momentum. It it was a a huge play. I love what Dane did with Ungerer getting a touchdown, Keandre Smith getting his first touchdown. Felix Garon Goche, I didn't expect that. I was surprised. That opening drive. Yeah. Yeah, that opening drive, really finding a way to use him. Yeah, and of course, Tim White and, and Stephen Dunbar both chipping in. But yeah, I had to double-check the, the roster there just to make sure it was it was Felix. Yeah. <laughs> surprised me, surprised I, Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and and you know, they used him a lot early, and then they knew that they had to watch him. And Luke, to RJ's point about the receivers, four different guys catching touchdown passes. Keandre Smith, his first of his CFL career. The little backflip celebration was uh, was a lot of fun to watch. When you're a receiver and guys are having a day like that, what does that do to the in-game confidence for you guys? Yeah, it is awesome, man. And it was a front flip, actually, that he landed in the, Sorry, in the end yeah. zone, which is, which is <laughs> harder to do. Like, athletically, it's, you're, you're, it's harder to do that, to front flip like that. And that was an impressive... Uh, 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 landing and celebration. Uh, it, it's huge. Like when, when you guys, when everyone's starting to have a little bit of success and you have one of those games where, you know, the ball's being spread around and I mean, there's touchdowns to, to, to be shared, you know? And so, uh, that was always very fun. And in the fourth quarter, by the end, you have, you still have energy, you know, you're playing well and you kind of have a sense that you're going to, you know, maybe get another opportunity in the game. That's, you know, as a player, it's just a euphoric, like, this is why we've, this is why we do this kind of, kind of feeling. And yeah, for that, for that group who is, you know, you know, had their share of struggles as well throughout the year, injuries and turnovers and all of that. And uh, you know, they, they, there was a, that was a solid performance from that group as well. Now I don't want to undersell the defense because they had a great game as well. And we're going to get to that in a second, but let's finish up with the offense here because they are an underappreciated part of the football field, RJ. That's the offensive line. And uh, you, you heard Zach talk about, or Zach, you, you heard, you heard Dane talk about it after the game. He was barely touched. He didn't feel like he got knocked down once. He had time. Wes Hills had some big carries. Sean Thomas Erlington had some big carries. That was the best we've seen the offensive line play this season, I would argue. And uh, you've seen all them play so far. So what do you think? Yeah, basically for me, when I don't notice the offensive line, they're having an amazing game. And and you're right. Dane really 
wasn't under a, a ton of pressure. When he was, he was able to roll and, and see the field really well. The running game seemed to be better. Was it obviously helped by the offensive line, but Wes Hills seemed to be pretty motivated after spending a lot of time on the practice roster and, and being injured. And Luke and I talked about it in Ticats this week going into the game that really three starters on that offensive line are on the injured list. And that's a significant amount, 60% of the offensive line injured. So there were some new faces in there and they were outstanding. And, you know, David Beard at, at center, a couple of high snaps, but nothing Dane couldn't handle. But uh, he, he seemed to be a, a nice addition as well. And, and when you don't notice the offensive line and quarterbacks not touched, they had a great game. And it's like it, it's like anything um, in football, I guess, but very, really, really noticeably and tangibly that it's hand in hand. You know, like Dane's success helps the offensive line. The running game success helps Dane's passing success. It's a little, you know, triangle of, of uh, you know, unity in the offense there. And the the part of that offensive line being able to protect Dane is I just think the ball was getting out of his hands very quickly. You know, they didn't have to hold on for for the whole, you know, for a five second count. I thought a lot of the a lot of the time Tommy and Dane together and their approach to that to that game plan it had some quick answers, especially early on when you're trying to find rhythm and um, and then there was a few times where you know where he, they did have have um, uh, Dane did have a chance to stand back there and make a longer read, but like I said, that's that's a that's a it's all a circle. I mean, you know, they help each other with the success in each of those categories. Yeah, you mentioned the the, th- the three starters obviously missing from the offensive line. Revenberg and Coulter would be the guys you expected to see there. But yeah, Tyrone Riley, not a name you would have expected to see on the offensive line. David Beard and Colin Kelly, a lot of those guys last year in Edmonton. And uh, Coach talked about it last week, being surprised that a guy like David Beard was available to, for trade and uh, showcasing why uh, this week. All right, let's talk about defense because I think when some people saw Julian House there on the injured list, they were a little bit concerned that the Ticats D-line would be missing something. Not the case, RJ. Mason Bennett, huge game. Malik Carney, huge game. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hauser, of course, Simone's been out for a while. Siante Evans has had a good season. He's out three really important pieces. But Malik Carney, probably the the play of the game with the sack. And then so athletic, a big guy able to – get the sack and then pick up that fumble and take it into the end zone for another defensive touchdown. Mason Bennett continues to impress another sack for him in that game. So the defensive line is starting to get some depth, which is a a very good thing. And teams have trouble getting to Zach Caleros. It's a good offensive line in Winnipeg and he's an agile quarterback who can scramble really well and tends to make a lot of plays off that scrambling. So for that defensive line to, contain that and chip in with a couple of sacks and a touchdown. That is an impressive game. Micah talked about it. Dylan talked about it, Luke. It was Zach's ability to be able to extend plays that they really focused on this week. And Stanley Bryant's a a world-class offensive lineman, but like RJ said, that D-line made them look human for the first time or one of the few times this season. I think you noticed a little bit of a lull there when Dylan Wynn had to, had to sit on the sidelines too, you know, and it just goes to show that, you know, the, what, what a, an important role Dylan is to that, to that unit as well. But man, all, as a, a, you know, you net all fourth quarters together, they were outstanding. And I agree. I think Zach is the best at making downfield throws after the protection has broken down when he's outside of the pocket. You know, he, he does not, he, his only answers are not just run and check down. He still has his deep receivers 
you know, and he's tuned in with that. Uh, just kind of, I mean, you, you can't help but be a little bit surprised by how impressive that was uh, with all of with with that unit against the the most efficient operating, um, you know, quarterback and and offense offensive unit. Yeah, and uh, to the linebackers now, I mean, Kyle Wilson again, he has really stepped up in place of Simone Lawrence, like Mason Bennett trying to re- not replace Jagarrett Davis, but taking over that spot. Kyle Wilson having to fill the shoes, RJ, of Simone Lawrence. The Ticats linebackers haven't missed a beat. Yeah, and really, Jovan Santos Knox, who's been one of the leaders in the CFL all season long, didn't have one of his massive games. I think he only had a couple of tackles, but Kyle Wilson threw us some, some big hits. Cam Kelly has been... Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't get the credit he deserves. His fifth interception, but he he's great in coverage. He puts pressure on the quarterback when needed. He's involved in stopping the run. So he's having a, an amazing sophomore season. And I think Voshan Joseph, whom was going to potentially start if Kyle Wilson couldn't, is going to get some starts at some point. He just seems to, when he's on the field on special teams or any opportunity he gets, he seems to be really emerging. So talk about depth on the defensive line. The Tiger Cats are starting to develop some in the linebacker core. And I guess that's the the positive with injuries is yeah. you get some other guys that are able to step in and prove that they can start in the CFL. Such Such a great point on the depth there, Luke, because something that was felt like such a concern – just a few weeks ago is mm-hmm. now you look at that secondary. And again, Alton Darby goes out there and just does what he's asked. And, and to special teams now coverage for the Ticats against Winnipeg, a really, really a, a nice positive coach always says you want to win two or three. The Ticats might've won three and three in the special teams, offense and defense in this one. I do. Uh, it was a bit of two different halves. I would say with the coverage game, I think Winnipeg maybe would have had the hand, the, the upper hand in the second half of the coverage units, but I thought overall really solid performance, uh, you know, kicking Domigala not asked to do his job very many times, but, um, uh, yeah, you could see the effort and the energy, Once. which was one time, right. Which was really high. I felt like, and you have to match that because you could actually also see it from Winnipeg's covered units. They were running down with, with the ferocious, with the ferocity, you know, down the field that was, you know, it, it, it showed and, and Hamilton had every bit the same energy as that. I mean, it was it kind of, it's really telling to me, like it was really not a team falling into a win that was unexpected. It really seemed to me like, like a group of guys who believed that it could be done. And once the success happened early on, you know, that those first quarter, only two drives by each team, right. It was just a back and forth of nice long drives. And after, after I think that they realized they could do it, man, everybody, everybody was no holds bar and, and, and went, went all out for it in a very impressive way. RJ, you've talked about this with coach. I've talked about this with coach. We look at the seasons in thirds, and we are in that final third. We're in it now. You started with the win against Winnipeg. Looking at this final third, what are your thoughts on what the Ticats need to do? Well, it's pretty clear. They have to win football games, and that is a fantastic start to doing it, beating Winnipeg, and it's a statement game too. They didn't just squeak out a win. It was a 48-31 to 31 victory, and I guarantee every other team – in the East Division, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders opened their eyes to the Tiger Cats and thought, "Uh uh-oh. So Montreal, it's funny how the schedule is now all 
coming together and everybody's got very similar schedules remaining as far as games played. For a while, Montreal had a ton of home games. Toronto had a ton of road games. Now down to five or six games remaining. It's it's a huge game for Hamilton in Montreal on Friday. Not only a win for the Tiger Cats would give them the tie break, they'd be tied for second place in the East Division. And I, I just want to say that We've been talking about the crossover now for the majority of the season because the West jumped out to that big lead. I'm not convinced there will be a crossover. Here's why. Saskatchewan is four points up on the Tiger Cats. They have played one more game than the Tiger Cats. So should Hamilton win next week, they'd be within two points of Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan's schedule is tough. They play Winnipeg. They play in Hamilton, and that'll obviously be a big game, and then they play against BC and Calgary, and those two teams are battling for home field advantage in the West Division, so there's no easy games for the Riders, and they'll have to figure things out, but I'm I'm not so sure that the crossover's going to happen anymore. Tiger Cats still have to shoot for second place, but it's it's starting to sort itself out a, a little bit, but win. That's that's the bottom yeah. line in this final there. final third. There will be so no Luke, crossover. You heard it here first. RJ Broadhead, Broadhead, Ticats Audio Network. Uh, that's right. So I'm not Luke, a follower. That, that's the broadcast perspective. That's that's the analyst perspective. Give us the player perspective. Take us into the room. What? How do you keep this? How do you keep level headed after a big win like that? Or do you not want to be level headed? Do you want to ride this momentum? Well. What just happened is what you've been waiting for to happen the entire season where everything comes together. So, you know, I don't think you have to overdo the, uh, yeah, Hey guys, you know, we're not, we haven't made it yet. You know, like we don't have the playoffs yet. Like, you know, that's obvious. I mean, it's true. You got to still, there's still a lot of work to be done, but boy, you can take a breath of fresh air and you've kind of just proven to yourselves that you can play a very, very good football game. Uh, there is no better, you know, way to go into Montreal than to cut, than coming off of that win. Um, Montreal, you know, uh, you know, a team that they've, that they've beat already this year and, and a place, you know, that's, that's, if they play the same way they played at home against Winnipeg, you know, there's a great chance for them to get another victory there. And so um, as a player, you, you lean into that, man. Like you, you just, you just put on film what you're able to do. You put all those touchdowns out there. Your defense played well against the best quarterback. You're, you're, you're firing on all cil- cylinders. You lean into that and you and you enjoy uh, playing that way um, again if you can. Should be a fun week of preparation, uh, Luke. I know you got the Coach O show coming up uh, later on this week, and I know you guys will both be back uh, for all, an all new Tie Cats this week on Thursday. So I appreciate you starting the week with me. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, Louie, I just want to jump in with one more thing. A quick shout-out to Seth Small. Hit a 52-yard field goal. He was 2-for-2 in field goals. He's now 3-for-3 in field goal attempts from 50 or more yards. So uh, he deserves a shout-out as well. RJ Broadhead showing some love for the uh, kickers there. Uh, Thanks, RJ. Thanks, Luke, for doing this. And uh, thank you, uh, Ticats fans, for joining us today. Really do appreciate it. Hopefully this show uh, put a smile on your face after that big win. Put a smile on my face on Saturday. Oh, speaking of smiles, the annual Tim Horton Smile Cookie Campaign is back. Ticats fans, 100% of the proceeds from sales of smile cookies will support charities and community groups across Canada. To participate in this year's Smile Cookie Campaign, visit your local Tim Horton's restaurant or place an order through the Tim Horton's mobile app for delivery. Thanks so much for joining us. We're back tomorrow as the Ticats return to practice ahead of Friday's game. Check us out there. Same time, same place here on the Ticats Audio Network. 
I'm Louis Budko, hoping you have a great day. TriCast Today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at TieCats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at TieCats.ca. Subscribe to the TieCats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.